Welcome to The Verb with Heather Hallman, where each week she explores a different life-changing verb in the Bible to connect you with Jesus and a new way to live each day. With your host, Dr. Heather Hallman. Welcome back to The Verb with Heather Holloman. Last week, we looked at how when we're seated with Christ, we don't need to worry about this obsession with money, affluence, because seated people don't worry about affluence because they know they have access to all the riches of God's kingdom. This week, we're going to look at another one of those three A's. We were talking about achievement, affluence, and appearance. So the last one is achievement. Seated people don't need to worry about achievement. Now, let me tell you, before I understood Ephesians 2, 6 and my seat in the heavenly realms, I was obsessed with achievement. I thought that life was meaningful if I was achieving and as long as I could have invitations to increasingly exclusive tables of achievement, that would make life meaningful for me. And it was terrible. It was a treadmill of trying harder, you know, earn the PhD, write this book, do this, do this. And, um... You know, it was exhausting. It was depressing. And then I looked at that verse, Ephesians 2, that I have been raised with Christ and I am seated with him in the heavenly realms. And I thought, you know what? If you look at the end of that section in Ephesians 2, it says this, Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And I looked at that and I was like, wow, seated people, they don't seem to worry about achievement. And the verb I thought of was that they abide. Now, abiding with Jesus, you're going to know that verb from John 15, the idea that as you abide in Jesus, you will produce fruit. Um, If you think about when Jesus talks about choosing us, he goes, you did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you would bear fruit, fruit that would last. And I thought to myself, well, my goodness, if God has already prepared the fruit or the achievement of my life, and if he's ordained this achievement, why am I so worried about this? And in fact, I found a really curious verse in Philippians 2.13. It says this, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. I couldn't believe that. I looked at that verse in the Greek and I thought essentially what it's saying is God is giving you both the desire and the ability to fulfill his purpose for you. For the first time in my life, I felt like I was relaxing in my seat with Jesus. I felt like David in the cave in Psalm 57 when he says, I cry out to God most high who fulfills his purpose for me. I just sat back and I thought, why have I been exhausting myself with achievement? Why have I been comparing my achievement to other people? When you're seated with Christ, he has fruit ordained just for you. He knows the purpose for your life. In fact, Psalm 25 says he will instruct you in the way chosen for you. Now, I want you to think about your seat. He has things chosen just for you. It's not going to look anything like your sisters, the pastor's wife, this guy over here, that girl over here. You have plans that God has made just for you. This frees you not only from jealousy and comparison, but it sets you free to abide in Christ, meaning you stay close to him and he inevitably produces fruit through your life. My favorite devotional writer, Hannah Whittle-Smith, she says that the fruitless Christian life is an impossibility. 
I love that. You don't need to worry. You're in your seat with Jesus. He's going to begin to produce these this kind of achievement through your life, through your desires and through, um, you know, the ability that he's given you. So I wanted to talk about that verb abide. How do you abide with Christ? Things I'm learning about as you think about um, spending time reading God's word, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, all the ways you think about how to connect with Jesus. But essentially what you're doing is you're tapping into something called the spirit-filled life. The spirit-filled life is you are not depending on your own efforts to build your life of achievement. The spirit-filled life is absolute dependence on the Lord, asking the Holy Spirit to come into your life to control and direct the things that you are doing. And it's as simple as confessing sin and then asking the Holy Spirit to come and control and direct your life. And it's something that I do every morning. I just say, God, you know, whatever kind of sin was there the day before, even attitudes, thoughts that I want to confess to the Lord, I'm able to say to him, God, um, please, I want the Holy Spirit to um, take control once again, fill me with the Holy Spirit to control and direct this day. And it's exciting to think that it doesn't depend on me anymore. And what happens is, is you keep what Scripture calls keeping in step with the Spirit. Guess what's going to happen? Jesus is going to lead you to places, people, positions that he's already prepared for you. So you don't need to stress. One thing I tell my students, um, who, the, especially my Christian students who come to me and they're so stressed out about their lives, I'm like, you don't need to worry about this. God is working out his purpose for you. You're chosen not for a plan, but for a person. You're chosen for a person. I don't know what the perfect plan is, and you don't need to know the perfect plan. Just stay close to Jesus, and he will work out everything concerning you. So that is that beautiful way to think about instead of achieving, you're someone who's now taking your seat with Jesus, you're abiding deeply with him, and he will bear fruit through your life. And you don't need to compare it to anyone else's fruit. But the second part of that idea of me turning from seeking so much achievement is I really began to think it's God who gives us our talents. It's God who gives us our intelligence. I have nothing within me that wasn't given to me by God. And so that helps pride not to take root. And I thought, you know, once I really understood my seat with Jesus, I remember really being struck by Philippians 2, 6 through 7, how Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. And so for the past few years, I thought to myself, what does it mean to take on the nature of a servant? I'm not fighting for this best seat at some table anymore. I'm already secure. So now I can just move into situations and think, how can I take the lowest place here and serve? What does it mean to take the lowest place? And so, like, for example, in the English department, I'm thinking, okay, yes, I can serve on that committee. I can do the things no one else wants to do, like set agendas, unlock doors, you know, get the snacks, things that people aren't wanting to do. I think, well, let me take the lowest place here and take on the nature of a servant. Because when you're seated with Christ, you're not fighting for the highest place anymore. That is already secure. So now you're free to move about your day Um knowing that you are there to really serve people and you don't need attention. You're not comparing yourself to anyone. So you have all that energy to just think through, how can I be a servant? And that really leads us into what I can't wait to talk about in the next episode. So I want you to think of your seat in the heavenly realms. You are adoring, you're accessing, 
you're abiding. And guess what? You have all this energy now. And I want you to think about, look at that table. You're at that table. And I want you to look around you. And I want you to ask this question. Who is not at the table beside me? Who do I wish were here? Who in my life does not yet know Jesus? And that question made me so excited and really set me on an adventure of real availability for God to use me in the lives of other people. So that is The Verb with Heather Holloman. Thank you for tuning in. The Verb to remember is that you're seated and abiding. Next week's episode, we'll look at now that you know you're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms and you're adoring, accessing, and abiding, what does it mean to now be seated and surrendered? So we're going to look at four hard but great questions that everyone should ask.